Welcome everybody to Web and Beyond Live for July 6, 2021. I'm Ray Sidney Smith. I am president of W3 Consulting and managing director of W3C Web Services, which provides affordable web and managed WordPress hosting, as well as Microsoft 365 licenses, Google Workspace, and all kinds of other fun implementation services for small business. And so Web and Beyond Live is actually my a chance to come to you. It's a weekly show about topical and timely issues related to digital marketing for small business. And so this week, we've got all kinds of fun news and uh, discussion about Google Web Stories. Uh, if you haven't heard me talk about Web Stories, I'm very bullish on the concept. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about Instagram. We'll talk about TikTok. We're going to talk a little bit about YouTube on Android getting uh, the new uh, chapters feature. And then I wanted to close out with a discussion on augmented reality and walking us through uh, new technology that is kind of coming on the fore. I brought this up before, but I'm going to show you a little video from Adobe with their product and just kind of discussing that concept because I think it's really important for us to continue to recognize that the future is now. <laughs> we are really, really coming close to uh, this being a, a regular and ongoing reality for us all. So let's start off with just some of the basic news. And what I wanted to do was to uh, show you just some information that Google put out around web stories. And so for those of you who are uh, new to this concept, web stories are the, if you've seen Instagram, Instagram stories, that concept of a full screen uh, optimized for mobile experience, that stories format, Google has developed this for the open web. And so people can create these now and they show up in different places around Google in what they call Google Discover on uh, mostly mobile devices, but they can actually also be viewed on desktop as well. Unlike stories that happen in other places, stories are permanent. You can leave them there and they don't disappear after 24 hours like they do on Instagram and other platforms. And so Google put out some information around web stories. They launched this in October of 2020. And now there are over 20 million web stories in existence. 100,000, 100 100K new stories are being added daily. And it says 6,500 new domains have published web stories since October 2020. So this is really great. It looks like like uh, the U.S. is about 42% of those web stories, but we have India and, and Brazil uh, behind that in terms of the other major uh, and dominant players in the story space. There's a lot of opportunity here, and they give us some interesting pieces of the puzzle here. One is that lifestyle content is uh, informative how-tos, aspirational imagery, and relevant product partnership opportunities tend to be the highest engaged content in that space. And this is a vertical concept space where you can put as many pages into a particular story as you like. And so they say here also that there's a wide ranging uh, you know, appeal for different topics, but arts and entertainment and food and drink tend to be the most uh, you know, viewed content, the most appealing content to people. And so arts and entertainment and food and drink makes a lot of sense. Uh, it says also viewers are interested in arts and entertainment, celebrity, sports and gaming content. And then of course, releases for TV, movies, video games, and otherwise. And so those are definitely growth opportunities for those people who are in that space. So if you're in that space, uh, you know, web stories is a place where they probably want you to start publishing more content. They said that between 11 and 15 pages tends to be the average space in which people view stories, and that 
people tend to watch 1.7 stories for every story that they open. So when they go into that Google Discover space, they open up a web story, they are then viewing it. Now remember, Google Discover is available not just within the Android ecosystem, it's also available within the Google app on iOS and in other places around the Google ecosystem on mobile. So uh, that's really powerful for people to find it in that discovery space. But also you can embed these web stories if you have a WordPress website directly on your own website, and that's viewable, viewable on desktop across all platforms. So really, really powerful format. And so it just continues to show how important web stories are to the future. And it's just going to get more and more powerful as Google um, continues to allow or continues to work with other CMS partners to bring more web stories building capabilities to other platforms like Squarespace and Wix and Shopify and others. I hope that all of them get the web stories format over time. But right now is really the time to be starting to build these web stories while you don't have a lot of competition. And so therefore more eyeballs on you as it relates to that. Is Instagram is uh, working on letting users post from the desktop. Now, I don't find this to be as interesting to me as the note for you, which is that as a business page owner, if you have a Facebook business page, and if you have an Instagram business profile, when you when you partner those two pieces up, you basically connect those two pieces with the Facebook business suite, you now have the ability to post from the desktop and mobile through the Facebook business suite, which allows you to do a number of things that are very, very powerful. One, you can post and schedule from your desktop, which I just think is just from a productivity perspective, way more useful to me than posting from the mobile device from the tablet or, or phone. Two is you can now post and schedule stories, Instagram and Facebook stories directly from the desktop utilizing the Facebook business suite. So if you go to business.facebook.com, I think it's forward slash latest forward slash home, that'll take you there. And uh, But either way, if you're on your Facebook page on facebook.com and you click on really any of the management functions within Facebook, they now redirect you to the Facebook business suite in order to set it up and use it. So highly recommend that you do set it up and use it and that now you can manage your Facebook posts, Instagram posts, Instagram stories, and Facebook stories all from the desktop within the Facebook business suite and scheduling those directly from there. They have uh, not as many of the stickers, you know, you're, it's a little bit clunky, you know, in some regards, but it does allow you to utilize a few stickers and certainly hashtagging and modifying and editing those pieces to get them up all from the desktop. So that's a very powerful component there. The next best step is to design and develop your material on your desktop and then uploading them to your phone some way either that be through dropbox or icloud or google drive you then down them don't download the base content to your phones and then upload them to your uh, instagram app as you want to be able to publish them i find that again you know it's just a few extra steps but if you really really want to hone in on some of these instagram components and some of certainly some of the stickers that are not going to be available within the facebook business suite then you will still have to do that but i think it's a, a good step in the right direction especially for things like you know we post a lot about our events we're not trying to do anything dramatic or creative in that space. We're just letting folks know about the upcoming events. And so those are things now that we can do from the desktop and we are not tied now to a phone to have to do all of that, that material posting. And I'm really, really glad that we can.
All right, next up, I wanted to talk just a little bit about this article, which was that Walmart has been working diligently to become an e-commerce uh, competitor to Amazon. And this article kind of covers a couple of really interesting points here. And uh, and, and then I come to a, an end point here, which is, uh, which, it, which is what I think most small businesses can take advantage of right now. Hopefully, um, I don't know much about it, but it's something that I want you to maybe go explore and then tell me what you find out. So Walmart has been in the process of building out their e-commerce. And that means they bought jet.com, they took all of their talent and the infrastructure and they have, uh, you know, basically bloodlet that uh, talent and, and, and infrastructure into the Walmart e-commerce e platform. Uh, they've built out Walmart Plus, they have built out the Walmart Connect. And that's where I think it's actually really important. So they're not really, they're, they're taking some plays out of the playbook of Amazon, but they're they're still uh, a highly discounted service and they don't have the underpinning of say Amazon Web Services and otherwise to subsidize the the business like uh, Amazon does. So they're, they're a little bit behind the eight ball in that regard, but I don't discount Walmart since they have a pretty strong footprint. They have distribution down in a very remarkable way. Uh, Amazon is still kind of creaky in that regard. They make it happen, but it's still, you know, kind of bailing wire and duct tape uh, in terms of distribution. Walmart, on the other hand, really has distribution down, at least here in the United States. And so my my curiosity is that Walmart Plus is like Amazon Prime. You pay a membership fee and then you get free delivery and those kinds of things. But Walmart has something called Walmart Connect. And, and um, I'm just making sure that I have the name right. And Walmart Connect is akin to Amazon ads. And so this now allows folks to go ahead and yeah, so it's Walmart Connect. And it allows you to, in essence, uh, sell advertising to Walmart shoppers. And again, like I said, just like with Amazon ads, now with probably less restrictions than Amazon ad advertising platform is, uh, you know, kind of restricts you on Amazon uh, doesn't allow you to put certain types of ads up. There's a whole bunch of kind of hoops over there. Plus there's a buy-in, you know, it's a pretty high uh, ad buy-in rate. I'm curious what Walmart Connect is. Uh, and so I'll be doing some research myself, but I'm curious if any of you are listening and are interested in, in doing this. In essence, you're capable of putting your products in front of uh, Walmart shoppers. So when they come to Walmart, their eyeballs are not only on the Walmart products, they are in a buying mentality, now you can present ads and uh, potentially lead them to your products and services. So I'm really curious about how Walmart will play into this space. They are now becoming an advertising company, uh, just like Amazon did, just like so many other businesses have been doing. Uh, they are subsidizing their own operations with advertising, potentially even making it a revenue driver. So this is the part where I think small businesses need to take best advantage because this is where we can really uh, kind of use big box retail, uh, you know, to our greatest effect as SMBs. So look into Walmart Connect, see if it's a place where you can actually get in front of those buyers if those buyers are your target market. Of course, you don't want to go, go after a target audience that isn't isn't your audience, right? Walmart shoppers are are clearly everyday uh, buyers, uh, but they also have it bent toward uh, discounts, right? They have a bent toward getting the lowest price. And since Walmart uh, is, has built that culture of, you know, you're going to get the lowest price, that's what people are looking for there. And so you could potentially run some ads that are, say, contrasting to that, like, okay, you're on this product page, you know that by virtue of the fact that they're on 
you know, you can tell Walmart, Walmart Connect, presumably, you know, if you show this particular product, then show my ad in front of it. And therefore you can say, okay, well, this is the, this is the lowest price product, but if you want the best product, come, come check this out. And uh, that might be an interesting perspective in terms of running some ads that take advantage of this platform. But now we have so many different places uh, on which we can advertise and we need to be specific and clear strategic with regard to where we put our ads. And I think this is the next generation of that. And so if, if Walmart is successful with Walmart connect and really building out its e-commerce, I think that SMBs can, can kind of piggyback on top of that by virtue of the advertising to the platform and putting some effective ads there. So I just wanted to put that on people's attention on that people's radars, because I think that's a really important uh, feature here. I thought this was really, really interesting. This next story is about how TikTok is, uh, it says it's, uh, the, the name of the article is TikTok is taking the book industry by storm and retailers are taking notice. And I think this is uh, probably true. I don't spend as much time on TikTok. I'm just not in that generation. I, I, I'm on there for business purposes, you know, just paying attention to what's going on. And uh, TikTok has a a whole area, you know, they call it book talk. And uh, all these, uh, you know, uh, folks are talking about books and everything else like that being a big book aficionado. I, uh, you know, I love reading. And so, you know, it ends up being a place where I spend a lot of time. And uh, it's very interesting to see how book talk has developed. And of course, now retailers are jumping on the bandwagon to be able to go out there and put out content relating to, uh, you know, uh, on TikTok relating to their the books that they're selling. So I think this is really interesting to see how uh, BookTok is impacting the overarching, uh, you know, ecosystem on t TikTok. TikTok is still very um, small in my mind, even though it's, you know, it's a large platform with a lot of users. Uh, most of those users are, are already on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, uh, you know, and, and other platforms beyond that, even Pinterest and Snapchat. So for me, I'm still fairly bearish on the idea that anyone needs to be on TikTok other than if that is your uh, market and you really want to go deep into that market, you know, you, you, your demographics just fit right there. That's fine. And if you are in a creative industry where it makes a lot of sense for you to do video and to get involved in that space, go for it. I'm, I'm just not willing to put in the time and energy and most people are not either. So um, you're, you're, um, you're, probably in my boat, which is I don't want to be on another social network, uh, whereby it requires me a lot more work to be able to create that content. And I really do feel like TikTok is is at that kind of stage where it, it's just it's a lot of information um, to digest and then produce every single TikTok uh, for the business. So it's fun for casual use and play and those kinds of things. Uh, but I did find it to be fascinating that, you know, if you are in the book industry, uh, and you're an author or any of those things, uh, TikTok is actually a really interesting place to syndicate your content to because it can be uh, quite useful. But if you're already making Instagram reels, for example, then it may make sense for you to actually go back and use TikTok or use TikTok to generate the original content and then syndicate that to Instagram reels. That makes sense there. And maybe even further beyond that to YouTube shorts, since YouTube now has the the Instagram reels, TikTok style video format on YouTube itself. So if you're going to if you're going to play the game of syndicating across all three uh, platforms with the same content type, then I think you'll be fine. Just remember that if you have that little TikTok logo in your Instagram reels, uh, and potentially also in your YouTube shorts, at some point, uh, Instagram is 
you know, lowering the the views of those videos when it identifies that Instagram, that TikTok logo in the Instagram reels, basically, it's suppressing the 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 TikTok created content from those who are who are creating Instagram reels directly on and in the Instagram reels platform. So just be mindful of that as well. Uh, next up, I wanted to just um, quickly note that YouTube now has the ability for you to uh, uh, directly share video chapters from the YouTube for Android app. Presumably, this will come to YouTube for iOS very soon. Uh, if you don't know, uh, right now you can create chapters in video. So say uh, this this video, and you know, it's going to be 15, 20, 30 minutes long. And in the video, I can actually place time signatures in the description. So the first item will start with zero colon zero zero, right? The start of the video, what happens in that start of the video at the next signature point, next line, zero, maybe one minute. So one colon uh, 32 space, and then a description. That's going to be the second chapter in the video. And so if you have, say, an hour long video, two hour long video, you can add these quote unquote chapters, these uh, these uh, sections uh, of the video that tells people what's happening in that part of the video. And of course, this is, you know, adding keywords to your video so that Google and YouTube can index these better and show them to more people. So chapters are really, really important. And now the ability to share a specific video chapter from the mobile app is going to increase people's ability to share specific segments of your videos to your to your audiences or to their friends, which will hopefully also be your audience. So this is a very powerful feature. It seems subtle, but it actually is a very big, big piece of the, the overarching pie included with YouTube Clips. And YouTube Clips is your ability to now create these playlists of short segments of other pieces of video. So for example, you know, I've been doing web and beyond live for more than a year now. And so in those videos, I've talked about social media, and I've talked about different products, I could go through and I could pick each of those videos where I've talked about Facebook, and I could clip each of those and create a new playlist that's just Facebook focused. And so people can watch all of the Facebook clips across all of the videos in one space. So if you want to dominate in a particular topic, some you know niche within your, your local audience, you could potentially do that based on a number of different criteria, but creating these playlists uh, directly for clips. And that's going to be really powerful. But I, I see you being able to curate these video chapters as well. If you're able to create a link directly to a chapter, now you can grab those chapter links and say, put those on your website and do all kinds of other fun things there. So just a very, very powerful tool. I'm looking forward to seeing how that kind of plays out as people start to get an idea that this can actually be used for curating the marketing for a lot of these businesses. Okay, um, just a quick note that AT&T has now joined T-Mobile in allowing RCS through Google's Android messages or Google messages if you're on the Pixel phones, uh, you know, onto their uh, services. So RCS is the uh, the um, new kind of the, the next generation protocol for SMS and MMS, right? SMS is like text messaging and MMS is the, is the one that allows for video and photos to be shared on top of that platform. 
RCS allows you to basically chat uh, in a secure way. And this is very, very powerful. We're hoping for uh, Verizon to be the next one to kind of buy into Google's RCS platform. And that will allow all of us who are in, on Android uh, to now have a secure chat functionality akin to Apple Messages. You know, when you use iMessages, you have that little, you know, bubble. You're capable of chatting back and forth. You can like, uh, you know, and, and emoji things and all of those things. I don't care about that as much, but I care about the fact that when you are using RCS, it is a secure format. SMS is not secure. Uh, it is just you know sending messages in an insecure format across the telecommunications uh, providers. Uh, RCS is a secure, meaning that you and I, when we are messaging via RCS, we are in a secure encrypted uh, tunnel between each other, and therefore people can't intercept that message. And that allows for people to have secure communications. You know, I, I think about all of the various, unfortunately, autocratic governments around the uh, around the world, and uh, those citizens not being able to have, uh, you know, private conversations with RCS, they would be able to do so. And so I hope more telecos, you know, telcos uh, sign on, uh, you know, in addition to AT&T and T-Mobile, Oh, Verizon joins them, and then many of the others, Orange and and all of the other major uh, telcos glo- globally. And I think this is going to be a really good thing for all of us because it just makes chatting more rich, right? It makes it a, a richer experience, uh, makes it more secure, and it makes it easier for everybody to, to communicate in this interoperable world. And uh, it would be really wonderful if Apple kind of gave up its own proprietary platform and came onto RCS also. But at that point, we will still have that uh, segmentation between, you know, iOS and Android, those folks who are in the Apple Messages world and those who are in the Android uh, RCS world. Uh, that will still need to be uh, reconciled in some way, shape, or form down the road. Uh, but we've seen some movement there. You know, Apple is now in iOS 15. They're going to be giving a link for people who are non-iOS users to be able to join FaceTime messages. So uh, FaceTime video chats. So that will be a really, really big, um, big deal for us. And so I'm really curious to see how this kind of moves forward, whether Apple recognizes the the writing is on the wall and uh, decides to partner with Google to bring RCS to everybody. And I, I hope they do. Uh, but that'll be that'll be um, that'll be something to be figured out down the road. Uh, what I wanted to do today was close out with a uh, a I'm just going to play this video in silence. We don't need the audio to it. But I wanted to um, as this pl- video played to kind of walk you through my kind of views on the future of augmented reality. And so Adobe has uh, produced this new software called Adobe Aero. And as you can see here, Adobe Aero is uh, allowing you to now utilize video and uh, and images generally, but video here um, to animate on top of the real world. And that's what augmented reality is, right? It allows you to be able to, through some device, whether that be, uh, you know, a headset, your phone, a tablet or a computer with a webcam, be able to see the real world with digital objects placed on top of it. And this is really going to be a huge piece of the future of, you know, probably marketing, small business marketing in many ways. And so I'm I'm really curious how technologies like Adobe Aero is giving us greater access to these capabilities. But as you can see here, this is uh, kind of blending of the virtual space, the digital space, and the uh, physical space for everybody in a lot of ways. And so 
I just wanted to like point out to you that, you know, while it's, um, it seems um, like with TikTok, he's, I said, oh, well, you know, I'm not really willing to put in the effort. <laughs> uh, I, and, and most people can get that. With uh, augmented reality and with virtual reality, I don't particularly think we can do that same level of, uh, well, I'll just ignore it and, and let it be. And, uh, you know, it'll just be fine. Um, I think that augmented reality and virtual reality are those two places where uh, businesses need to get on board because it's a fundamental shift in the way in which we are going to be marketing uh, to and with people. People are going to, be, going to expect us to place their products and services digitally in front of them in their physical spaces. And so we need to figure out how to utilize this marketing and now you know, big tier text providers, uh, software providers like Adobe are creating tools to help us make that happen. And so, you know, Google has given us tools, Amazon has given us, uh, you know, a, a pretty good idea about how they're using it in their app, Amazon, Target, Walmart, all of them have augmented reality built into their mobile applications. And so we're going to start seeing small businesses with now the capability of building, uh, you know, applications, small business applications, I'm going to probably uh, start to see in the next year or so, maybe in the next two years, uh, more companies in that uh, mobile app building space, building augmented reality functionality into the app. So your e-commerce shop could now have an application where your product can get put on me. You know, I want to see myself in a dress shirt. I hold up the the uh, mobile application you've built for your store. I, I turn it on, the camera is looking at me, and then it's, it superimposes the dress shirt directly on me so I can see how it's going to look on me. And I can determine whether or not I want to buy that shirt at that point. So we have a lot of opportunity to be able to both entertain, but also inform and persuade buyers through augmented reality. That is a huge opportunity for us all in small business and uh, things like Adobe Aero is, are, are bringing and giving us that technology. And so just keep looking out for it, keep paying attention, do a little research. If you have questions about augmented reality and how to make it happen in your business, feel free to reach out and I'm happy to go ahead and help you uh, with that. All right, we have reached the top of our time together. Uh, we have all kinds of fun events coming up over the next month. So feel free to join us for any of those. Uh, you can learn all about them by going to our uh, community. It's Web and Beyond Community. Uh, you can find that by going to www.webandbeyond.community. Go ahead and sign up to join. I'll let you into the community. And then voila, you'll be in the space. You can look under events. You can see all the various pieces that we have in the space. And if you have questions about your marketing and otherwise, post those in the chat and others can jump in and help out there as well. And so uh, Web and Beyond Community is uh, is done there. And I think we have reached the top of our time together. Let's see here. Do I have any notes for you all? Just want to make sure. Nope. Okay, great. So we have come to the end of our time together. If you've enjoyed the live stream, feel free to use the thumbs up icon. Uh, that helps us make new small business friends by letting algorithms know on YouTube and otherwise that we're doing the right things. Uh, so thank you for doing that. Uh, you can also leave a rating or review if you're listening to the podcast afterward. And uh, the Apple Podcasts lets you leave a, a review and so does Stitcher. So if you leave reviews there, those really help us as well. So thank you for doing that. If you have a question, leave a comment on the video or you can tweet or message me at W3Consulting. That's the number three. So W3 Consulting on Twitter. Uh, I'm usually here most Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern, except when we have holidays or I'm on vacation or anything else like that. But typically it's Mondays at 11 a.m. Otherwise, we'll 
post notes on social channels that it'll be another time during the week. Uh, thanks so much for spending this Web and Beyond Live with me. I'm Ray Sidney Smith on behalf of W3 Consulting and W3C Web Services. Have a great week ahead marketing your small business on the Web and Beyond.